Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hat smiley face. Was I supposed to say that? Yeah. Or was I supposed to act that out? Hello and welcome to the China Shop. I'm Shopkeeper Dan and with me as always is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle's celebrating a big promotion today. He's the new Scrooge McDuck impersonator here in the shop. How are you doing today, Kyle? That actually sounds quite apt. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that one. I thought it might. I thought it might. How, how are you doing? Uh, not too bad. So does that make you Launchpad McQuack? Yes, it does. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you caught the setup. Uh, I did not share that with Kyle ahead of time, but that was what I was hoping for. Uh, I love Launchpad. Anyway, yeah. we got to come on into the shop with us today, folks. We got a great episode. Uh, got a great interview coming up. Sit back, relax, hedge against the rage machine. We'd like to welcome any new listeners just joining us. Uh, We're here to smash our way into a complete set of fine china, sharing our growing strategies for maximizing gains and cutting our losses. But these interview episodes, we like to take deep dives into single topics, and that's what you've shown up for. So strap in. Because we're going to get some goddamn answers. We're going to get some goddamn crypto answers. (laughs) We've got Alex Greengard, uh, one of my personal friends, who also happens to be a professor-level educator. Alex, how are you doing today oh my goodness hello that was uh, a very kind introduction yeah, better than mine <laughs> <laughs> well yeah we gotta be nice to guests we gotta yeah. be nice right it's understandable <laughs> yeah no it's i'm i'm excited to be here and uh having a good day fantastic i know kyle's got the burning ever burning question that we ask everybody on 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 deck uh but before that how did you get started in crypto uh-huh. like so I found myself a lurker on Wall Street bets and really interested in gamma squeezes, for mm-hmm. for example, and also weary of stocks, uh, not because I I think it's um, unsafe or but but just because the the nature of the investment I think is investing in a company it doesn't have to be a Fortune 500 company it it sometimes it is and something felt mm-hmm. a little icky about that for me but once finance started becoming more democratized with I mean let's say it meme stocks um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Robin Hood I was gonna shoot you out the oh, door oh yeah no <laughs> Robin Hood's dead to us no I'm a I'm a listener I I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> actually that maybe that's part of the weariness is that mm-hmm. uh often a company will present itself superficially as a robin hood figure you know and you don't you don't always know so there's some right. with some weariness but i really wanted to start to play and i also was this was about a, a a year or two ago starting to get more aggressive with my student loans um i wanted to mm-hmm. i wanted to speed up the process a little bit to kind of cut cut the corners um of just like saving and living small and skipping going out to eat you know everything the chase bank twitter says to do oh you mean paying them off i was getting nervous for you <laughs> I know. <laughs> they don't want me to skip going out to eat either. They just, right. yeah. So crypto was always a scary thought. Just doing anything besides saving money in a savings account was always a scary thought for me, even though I have a a pension that's actually really aggressive mm-hmm. in, in the market. I, it's just, I have no control over it. It automatically takes 11% and then the company matches, which is lovely. I can't touch that money, but they do a whole bunch of aggressive stuff to my money uh, to, to try and grow it. In any case, I started dipping my toes in the in the crypto waters and eventually started getting into some day trading for fun. I would allocate an amount of my portfolio for some fun trades mm-hmm. and then some more longs. 
crypto is super volatile. And as I got more into it, I discovered there are all these interesting spaces uh, that I was able to learn about. And I was able to discover this this whole new world of finance that's un... Uh, I was going to say unregulated. A lot of it is unregulated or regulated right. in a strange way, right? Like taxed as a, a property rather than as a currency. What? Yeah. Oh, that's bizarre. Wow. And then also they, but then it'd be, much of crypto behaves as a security. So it's a very strange space anyway, when it comes to regulation. And yeah, but when I was, the un was um, un or decentralized. That's the one I was looking for. Uh, not dependent on a, a, a central entity to exist. And that got me going as a, a sort of person that's interested in the fringe, a person that's interested in doing things in, independently of major institutions. So that's, that's where I started the research. Yeah. And now I've sort of become a amateur expert of, uh, the, the DeFi ecosystem. Well, those are our favorite kind of experts. I know, right? So, so what's the benefit of being decentralized then? Like I hear people talk about that, touting that as, as a big plus. Uh, right now, same as solar. It's a feel-good benefit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well said. Well yes. said. <laughs> Starting very recently, you can you can reap some some actual monetary benefits. For example, uh, if I would like to use Ally Bank uh, as my savings account, that's a, a really they are able to offer really great rates with USD savings accounts because they don't have brick and mortar locations. Mm-hmm. And those really good rates. Let's uh, let's have a look at the Ally website to see what they'd like to offer. I know my checking account without. I actually do have an Ally. Account. Um, but that's that's because I in crypto you need to have a few accounts because right. certain banks will do certain things. And also, mm. also good savings rates are uh, with banks are, are relative. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> All right, online savings. Let's see if there's a quick way of getting a number here. Otherwise, I'll just I'll just give up on it. But I get paid 0.1 percent for my for my checking at Ally. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, annual percentage yield 0.5 percent. Wow. 0.5 percent. Pretty good for a savings account actually round of applause and you could take the money away anytime the only the only thing in a savings account that that keeps the money in there is that it's called a savings account and so that disincentivizes the very squishy human emotion of taking money out of there uh, but you can yeah. you can take money out of a savings account anytime right. you want mm-hmm. it's just called a savings account so you don't um and you're and you want those <laughs> sweet sweet 0.5 percent yearly gains yum yeah <laughs> <laughs> but you as you guys know, you know, an index fund is a is a really nice savings account. Mm-hmm. It's another it's another financial space. So within crypto in a decentralized space, instead of letting Ally the company be a middleman to decide what the rates are, decide how they're going to use that liquidity pool, in DeFi you can have a protocol that does that, a computer program, and those will give you better rates. I'll I'll type in one of the most popular ones right now on my screen, compound.fi and click on markets here and the best they'll offer automatically is right now uh, 2.52%. Wow, yeah, that's much better. Compound. Okay, I think I have some of their tokens. Yes. So that means that you, those are governance tokens. So you actually can, you got them on Coinbase Learn, didn't you? <laughs> yep. Got a lot of free stuff on there. I know. It's like, here's the 30 bucks. <laughs> and I've learned nothing. <laughs> I actually, what I did learn is I can skip the video and just go right to the question because usually it's answered in the first slide. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I man, I I soaked those up. It was it's so exciting for me to to learn about these different spaces. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Dai the is a a, te, a um a stable coin. We'll get into that, I promise. Uh, but basically, it's one for one tied to the U.S. dollar. So it's uh we're not talking about two point five percent on a potentially volatile security that could crash at any moment. Mm-hmm. We're talking about just automatically a computer program. No no middle person will give you 2.5% on those stable coins. But just within crypto, there are just there are middle persons who will give you a lot. 
uh, interest in order to stake or or put your money in an, a liquidity pool. They'll use it just like a bank. And um, so right now, let's see, Celsius is giving 8.88% on stable coins. BlockFi is giving 8.6%. And um, CoinLoan out of, um, let's see, it's European, Estonia. Yes, where I like to park my money. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's, it's cryptocurrency. It's, if it's on a database, it's uh, on a database. Doesn't matter, right? Um, yeah, they'll give you 10.3%. God damn, that's actually wow. like the, the rate of the average market. Yeah, but you're you get to be detached from it. Uh, you don't have to worry about if things move with it. And then the other thing is, it's easy to get the money out and turn it back into cash. Mm-hmm. Very very quick and easy can you turn it back into cash without because unlike a security you're not necessarily selling it to a party you're you're selling it to an exchange right that's it's a different institution we have just dove into the deeper side of the pool sorry yeah i know i got into the weeds <laughs> let me pull myself along the edge back to the shallow end all right you got it what <laughs> is cryptocurrency okay that's there we go <laughs> All the way back. Tugs in the water. Yes, we can, yes, we can yes, edit this yeah. to the beginning, too, if we <laughs> want to keep the flow right. Oh, no, I think that's a funny bit. Okay, all right. We can leave it. <laughs> all right. Um, so uh, a, a cryptocurrency is a digital currency that does not have a central bank or a single administrator that oversees the transactions. The transactions can be sent peer-to-peer via a network. A network and a protocol oversees the transactions instead. And that protocol is at the blockchain that I hear? everyone mentioned? In this case, sure, yes. Um, the blockchain okay. is the... Yeah, almost all of these cryptocurrency networks use a blockchain, a digital ledger, in order to be the automatic programmed custodian of these mm-hmm. transactions, to oversee them and confirm them. But you can do peer-to-peer. So I could send you Bitcoin. More likely, if you're a Bitcoin holder or any kind of cryptocurrency holder, you're going to probably send from one wallet to another for various mm-hmm. reasons. Uh, maybe you're hunting the best interest rates for these other third-party institutions that'll pay you interest in order to basically put it in their savings account. Maybe you're taking it from the exchange uh, that you bought it from because they'll give you a wallet and like Coinbase um, and then you ha- you're going to send it to your cold storage wallet so that it's not, the wallet isn't on the internet. The data is now on your USB drive. Mm-hmm. So that means a Bitcoin or, or an Ethereum coin is a file that I could have on my computer uh sort of i would describe it more as data on a data table it's it's numbers on it but i mean isn't i guess that's what a file is too yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) at its heart at its heart so what i'm saying is difference between a hot and cold wallet are we talking like okay i've taken the the data table and I've stored it on this hard drive. Nobody else can take that data table off. That's right. I mean, nobody can in a hot wallet either, That aka a wallet that's stored on a, a server on the internet, because it's encrypted by a key of 30 or so actual words. And um, it turns out that that is, very, is we think, impossible. Uh, it hasn't been proven to be possible for, for brute force to crack, yeah. But near impossible to crack, mm-hmm. yeah. So yes, that would be a cold storage would be the, you know, the data table is there. However, the record of the transaction of every single transaction is kept on the blockchain, which is the the online ledger of all transactions. It's just that instead of Dan Leeson, it'll be your wallet address, which is a series of, um, you know, numbers and letters. Ah. Okay, okay. I think I'm starting to understand. Kyle, are, are you following this? I think so, but I still want to know how to even make it. Like, I want to know the process. How did it come about? Oh, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's a really natural question. Um, how do you, uh, how does, how is it created? Yes. So, this is kind of interesting. There was a, initially in the first block of the blockchain, what we call the Genesis block, <laughs> <laughs> there were, let's, let's say we're talking about Bitcoin. That's the one that makes the most sense to talk about in this context. Um, there were a number of um, of Bitcoins already there. Then new Bitcoins are created when and every time there are transactions. In fact, the technology that prevents double spending, which is the initial problem with digital currency in the first place, mm-hmm. the problem that nobody could solve until Satoshi Nakamoto, the anonymous 
creator, we don't know who the, who that is, but we know it's Satoshi Nakamoto, yes. right, <laughs> uh, solved it. And it's interesting. It's a very human solution, which is that we create currency, a new currency in the transactions themselves. Um, a certain number of transactions add up to a, a block. It's just an, a number um, an arbitrary number of transactions. And when what we call miners confirm the transaction, uh, new, new coins are created and given to the first miner to confirm the transaction. With Bitcoin, you need mm-hmm. three confirmations on the, the network to get the money from one wallet to another. Why does that keep getting harder and harder then? It seems like if you're just confirming transactions, you should be, or is it just because there's so many more of them as you create more Bitcoin? Yes, exactly that. And one other thing, which is that over time, the reward halves every so often Mm -hmm. and continues to get, get half smaller. So there was a time at which a lot of Bitcoins were being created, and now it's much, much slower most of the bitcoins will be mined by 2024, but technically all of them won't be mined in, for another 120 years. Because oh, it's just going to be such a smaller and smaller increment. Mm-hmm. So these transactions, like if I'm a bitcoin miner, I'm using my computer to what sort through the data of every time a bitcoin has changed hands? Sort of. Um, so a transaction goes is sent to the Bitcoin network, um, and the transaction is a very simple um, X, Y, Z. X person sends Y dollars to Z other person. So it's a, that peer-to-peer. Um, that information mm-hmm. is sent to the blockchain, and then the transaction needs to be confirmed. Your computer, uh, you, hopefully a supercomputer, uh, will start the confirmation process, and then in the middle of the confirmation process, it has to solve a complex math problem. And then it can finish, once it does, it can finish the confirmation process. The fastest computer to solve it wins. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you need supercomputers and power in order to mine Bitcoin. And what's the point of the, the math problem thrown in there? Is it just for the hell of it? <laughs> to slow everything down. Yeah, where, where do the math problems come from? Where do they come from? It creates a proof of work. Um, and that is there. It's sort of, it's sort of it, what it, it's there to create a, um, an incentive system for miners and a competition system for miners. The fastest computer you're going to need to ha- is going to expend more energy. It's going to be more powerful. You, that's is why a lot of people are stringing together a bunch of GPUs. Yeah. Uh, instead of getting a, a big powerful CPU, cause they can generate right. more computing power that way for their yeah. mining rigs. But yeah, it, it proves the computer did the work and this is a defense against the uh, the double spending problem um, Mm. because it basically is energy right it kind of boils down to energy spent to create the transaction and prove and confirm it Mm -hmm. i don't know if that was a good answer to your question why is the fastest one that's so that the to create an incentive structure for miners Right. Okay, but but like the math problems in and of themselves, is that like work some mathematician is trying to get done and he's like, put this into the computer? Oh, no, 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 no. No, it's very, it's actually very simple math problems. It's just ones that require algorithms and the the faster processors process them faster. It's literally busy work. (laughs) (laughs) Just to prove that you actually did the what the blockchain was expecting you to do. Exactly. Yes. I think. This uh, this Nagatoshi guy must have been a teacher because that sounds like every math teacher I ever had. <laughs> Show your work. Show your work. <laughs> right, they've been looking in the wrong places. Yeah. They need to start. All right, so Bitcoin was definitely the first. It's the one that exploded first, and it looks like Ethereum is starting to kind of catch up. Uh, what makes the different protocols or different cryptos? What makes them actually different? Well, that's a that's a really interesting question. One of them, one of the differences actually is how do you prove. How do you create proof within your transaction? How do you create cryptographic zero-knowledge proof? One of them is proof of work, which is what we we just described that proves that the computer, Mm -hmm. that computational effort has been expended. But another 
method that actually is is more environmentally friendly. Although, let me be clear, my position on, oh no, Bitcoin isn't green, is um, it's greener than a, a bank, which has a, a physical building and a vault. and <laughs> It's greener than a Tesla. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the other, uh, and this is an up-and-coming cryptographic zero-knowledge proof strategy, is proof of stake, which it, it basically you put, or you hold on to a bunch of money on the network, but you can't take it out, just like a like a CD, for example, in a bank. And it can create consensus on the blockchain and, and validation, unlike proof of work, based on your stake, how much uh, you, you can be a validator if you have a, a large stake already. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've also seen that there's a lot of cryptos on, when I was looking through Coinbase, that use the Ethereum. They use something with the Ethereum to where they kind of like, it looks like they're building off of their infrastructure. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that's actually back to your original question that I never got to because I was describing oh. proof of stake. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, yes, Ethereum is not only the big other cryptocurrency, but Ethereum is the, I, I don't want to say first because I'm not 100% sure. I think it is the first programmable network. So whereas block the blockchain that Bitcoin uses for its network is is a ledger. Mm-hmm. The, the network of Ethereum can actually run programs. It's programmable money. And so you can run programs that we call protocols that can replicate financial institutions right there on the Ethereum network. And it's because the Ethereum network has this capability called smart contracts, um, a transaction protocol intended to automatically execute control or document legally relevant events and actions according to the terms of a contract or agreement. And now what is the benefit of all of this? Like why? is it important or why is it valuable? Let's start with that. Well, the Ethereum network enables you to, through through smart contracts, write an algorithm that is a financial, that, that takes the place of a financial institution. It creates this DeFi landscape. As of now, mm-hmm. the three biggest protocols that, that replace traditional financial institutions are uh, lending protocols, so, so banks, uh, a staking pool with lenders and borrowers, uh, DEXs, which are decentralized exchanges. And then this is a kind of a fun one, yield farms, which are like automatic robot mutual fund managers. They'll scour through all of the different lending protocols and put your money in the one that's currently paying the highest interest rate because the interest rates automatically fluctuate based on how many borrowers and lenders are hmm. in the pool. And then also based on the votes of owners of the governance tokens like you're the owner of a co- of compound governance tokens so you can vote on changes to the compound protocol right Hmm. I hope you studied your computer programming skills Kyle make some informed decisions <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while it has been a while <laughs> Good thing I only have like three dollars worth. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that one might have given me seven or ten. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, they're kind of random with the numbers they give out. Okay, so we are we're talking about these for all intents and purposes. A, a token is like a file that's been bit torrented, or or at the very least, uh, its record is on a. data table that is bit torrented across the world. So it's the decentralized data table. So it's hard to to get on it and screw it over. Yeah. Although all of, all of the nodes have the whole blockchain. Um, They, they'll, it takes, it usually takes a little bit to justify them all together, but yes, uh, the, they're, they're spread out on lots and lots and lots of computers all over the world. You'll never shut down or the Bitcoin network. And then, so you can go from there to each of these coins inside themselves or each of certain, maybe like an Ethereum token is its own programmable protocol inside the token. It is the token. A lot of cryptocurrencies, uh, this is what you were getting at, Kyle, a second ago. Mm. A lot of cryptocurrencies are what are called ERC-20 tokens on the Ethereum network. Um, They are in and of themselves their own currency uh, their own with their own valuation, their own fluctuation in value, and yet they their native state is as a token on the Ethereum network. That's possible because uh, it can process smart wow. contracts. 
So are they are their values tied to the Ethereum value then, or are they completely independent? Both. Uh, they're completely independent, um, but they're tied in so much as many, many cryptos are psychologically tied to right, right. Bitcoin and Ethereum, which only every once in a while depart from each other in their chart patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, if you were, your compound tokens are ERC-20 tokens. Right. And so if Ethereum takes a dump, uh, you could expect your that your tokens that are completely on the Ethereum network right, right. to dump in synchrony. In synchrony. <laughs> <laughs> We're here with you. Which we've seen that pretty recently, I think, with uh, Elon Musk attacking uh, Bitcoin. I think he pretty much tanked yeah. everything except for the. Oh, he no, he just tweet. He just treated again to boost Bitcoin. He's now a Bitcoin booster, and it went up above forty grand. <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to have to make our villain list here now. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a manipulator for sure. <laughs> I, I we can't seem to figure out what he's up to because he probably knew. It seems like it makes sense that he knew um, that Bitcoin's proof of work system expended some energy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, more energy than Cardano, uh, like I don't, but not more energy than Dogecoin, which is what's what drives me nuts about all. Yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only thing anyone can figure out from from that behavior, other than he's he's literally is just being a villain and playing is yeah. is that he wanted to pump Dogecoin. Although, remember how I said that every transaction and every wallet is tracked on the blockchain? That means you can look at the wallets with the most money in them. There, there right. is a wallet that buys a lot of Bitcoin in amounts that are equal to Elon Musk's birthday and also buys a lot of Bitcoin in amounts of um, 42069. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That's a Reddit thing. But it's a big, it's a big one. And it, uh, that wallet, uh, when it sold a bunch and then Elon Musk did those tweets and then Bitcoin crashed and then it bought a bunch. So think think what you will. Yeah. Okay. That's shady. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you were Elon Musk and you could do it, w- w- what's to stop you? Nothing. Right now, nothing. But he doesn't. He doesn't care about money. I mean, he he said that specifically. Oh, he did say that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, well. What did he say? He does care about the the children. Engineering. Engineering. Or something. Like that. <laughs> Yeah. The future of humanity, something like that. The baby robots. <laughs> the baby, baby robots. <laughs> yeah. The baby well, robots. Thank you for the nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so back on track here. Now, uh, I think I've got a little bit of a grasp on people are trading these tokens and it's just data on data tables. And, but you, you've also broached the subject of somehow using this as a banking system where you can be part of either side of the banking system. If you want to earn, earn interest in a savings account, you can do that. But, uh, wh- what else is, what else is in there? Uh, let's, let's, let's dive into the, the, I think you call them stable coins. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, a stable coin is a cryptocurrency that's value is tied to the value of the dollar. And, there have been a couple of strategies to try and keep it there, uh, because as you've probably noticed, cryptocurrency valuations are, are, um, volatile. Wild. So to, yeah. to, to pin, <laughs> um, the value to a dollar, one, one thing you can do is have, is back them with real dollars. And so that's what Coinbase does with its ERC20 token called USDC. And it's a very popular, stable coin that is has so far succeeded in staying at the value of a dollar even though a lot crypto has seen big rises and big falls mm. tether is another really popular one um and die dai named after one of the original scientists computer scientists to to figure out some of the fundamental problems of crypto uh the, those are probably the biggest uh most popular stable coins mm. and stable coins are very useful being uh because you can do crypto things, right? You can participate in decentralized finance. You can get in on really good interest rates from uh, liquidity pools, whether they're institutional or decentralized. Mm-hmm. And but without the risk of oh no, the the value of the currency is is dropping. It's tied to a dollar, so it gives you this space. Yeah, which may not be the best one to tie to right now, but <laughs> yeah, that's actually a good point too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Don't mean to derail us, but <laughs> No, yeah. But yeah, there are stable coins that are connected to other currencies as well and mm-hmm. other commodities as well, like gold, for example. So Pax 
gold. The load token we talked uh, yeah. to somebody about. Yeah, yeah, Nick Broughton. Yeah, yeah, and you can if you have a bunch of gold, you could make that many gold backed stable coins tied to it. Um, so that's and a lot of these companies um, are. Oh, so Gemini has a dollar. Oh, I love love an opportunity to talk about Gemini because they're in exchange. Uh, they're the bread and butter of the the. Winklevoss twins. And I love that they called it Gemini. I find that to be just so cute. (laughs) (laughs) Can we go back to the gold coins again? If you have that much gold, why don't you just make coins out of gold? Like gold coins? Yeah. (laughs) Get rid of all the the computer part. No, there's no ledger. You can just give it to whoever you want. (laughs) I've heard people do that. <laughs> I've seen them at the pawn shops. They're real. <laughs> well, cryptocurrency gives you some advantages, I think. There's there's reasons people like use it. It gives you the advantage of um being able to cash it out without a buyer mm-hmm. because as a currency, you've got these major exchanges that'll that'll buy anything from you. Well, not anything. They they won't buy your uh your moon token or whatever. <laughs> Because there's a lot of, but but they'll, yeah, buy, <laughs> they'll buy all the major ones from you, right. and then you can cash it out really quickly. And also participating in these these huge interest rate staking pools, I, I honestly think that that's the biggest incentive. Yeah, that's what I need to I need to look into that a lot more. That's actually the most compelling reason I've heard from talking to any of our guests about crypto about why it's why what gives it any value. Yeah, I mean, BlockFi is an institutionally backed. Um, lending pool and mm-hmm. they'll you can set up an account you can very easily convert your fiat money into stable coins if you want or a handful of other and they'll pay you 8.6% um and they're this like big company that has that can prove their backing mm-hmm. and it's a i think it's a, a safe bet of course any anytime you're in crypto you're not talking about being backed by the FDIC right so it's the strength of the institution if it's if you're going institutional um and if you're not then i guess your trust is in the strength of the the coin itself yeah you don't have that safety net if uh, like if my broker goes bankrupt i'm insured up to 250,000 or the same like a bank would mm-hmm. so you don't have that with when you don't have an institution behind it yeah that makes sense exactly and that's why these institutions are attractive. Uh, it turns out that, like, right this second, uh, DeFi, the top DeFi lenders are offering in the 2 to 3%, and some of these institutional crypto uh, groups are offering in the 8 to 10% zone. A lot of them will make their money. Oh, this is a, this is a fun one. Um, uh, they'll create an incentive system within their institution so they'll create a token and then they'll say hey we'll give you eight percent for your stable coins to participate we'll give you a 12 percent for your stable coins if 10 percent of your portfolio is our little token that we made oh Oh, well (laughs) to try to encourage more buyers yeah so you've got a proof of stake within a proof of stake (laughs) nice clever nice And then you you hold it there so that you get you you get those interest rates. It's pretty genius. It's it's a lot of cryptocurrency can make use of human incentive systems in order to store mm-hmm. value, which is I think just super cool. But in order to have value, it has to be adopted by the more people that adopt it, then the more value it's going to hold. Is what it sounds like. Yeah, I would say generally that is true. Okay, so that's why Bitcoin is the the king on the block because it's been around the longest, mm-hmm. has the most publicity, and the biggest market cap too. Yep. Yep. Okay, that makes sense. I think I'm picking up on it. So you started talking about a strategy that you're starting to get into when you were perusing the filth that is Wall Street bets. Mm-hmm. You want to uh, jump back over to that now that we've gotten 40 minutes of background information? <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it, for me personally, I'm not really into my. I'm not re- really. I don't really do the strategy thing. I just make use of mm-hmm. the. I look around for who's which institutions are offering the most and. And then I just move my stable coins around to the ones that are offering the most. So right now, my money is in Estonia for, for that <laughs> sweet 10.3%. But if Celsius, uh, who's created by Ale- Alex Mashinsky, who lives in New York, but I think the money is in Denmark. <laughs> 
if Celsius wants to play ball uh, yeah. and and offer ten percent again, I'll I'll just put my money back there because I like they they'll put your interest in your account weekly. Oh, yeah. Nexo will put the interest in your account daily. That ten percent is that annual yield? Oh yeah, I, I, yeah. They yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just did the math on on uh, weekly ten percent and <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say that'd be amazing. <laughs> Sold. I just moved mine right now. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and then this one, this one's kind of fun. If you go back to DeFi, the compound protocol with that two percent is compounded. It's a yearly yield, but it's compounded every time a new Ethereum block clears on the blockchain, which is every thirteen seconds. Wow! So you can literally wow. open a browser window and just watch your money grow in real time. <laughs> <laughs> Like watching your stock mm. go up. Yes. <laughs> How did you find that? Uh, compound? Because I, I watched the video on Coinbase. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I watched the first ones. I just didn't understand it. <laughs> I'm a good test taker, so I know. Ooh, that's probably the question. <laughs> The Reddit cryptocurrency community, which largely is an echo chamber bullying each other to hold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar. Been there. Little pockets of really interesting information. And that yeah. I, I read a great post one day, like, you know, you can give a man a stake or you can teach a man to stake. And I was like, oh, that's cute wordplay. What's, what is stake? What is staking? Right. And it's like, yeah, you just put your money in a protocol and allow other people to borrow it while it's in there and you get paid an interest on those loans. Oh, by the way, one of the reasons that these interest rates are high is because of the nature of taxation of cryptocurrency. And this might be true for securities too, but but for sure for cryptocurrency. Let's say you want to participate in, oh, wow, Elon Musk did a tweet and now Bitcoin's on the rise and I would like to participate, but I'm, I'm out of fiat or there's a number of reasons I can't I can't do it. Um, or I just want, I already have, I already have a bunch of Bitcoin and that's why I, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. So you buy it on margin, but within crypto, you buy it on margin, you make gains and you sell only what you bought on margin. You're not taxed for that. Oh, you're only taxed when you sell the cryptocurrency. Huh? What? So by use, taking advantage of a lending pool gives you the leeway to... Now, getting margin called in crypto, we call it liquidation. And you will, just because of the nature of how it works with collateralization, you, you do lose everything if it goes down. And it's almost like the, it, could, it could go down by 10... Or, sorry a tenth of a point and they they have every right to to liquidate so that what they'll do is they'll cover the loss and then anything else is just disappears from your account it's just gone so okay <laughs> that's that's the downside of not being uh centralized <laughs> exchanges do it too though uh that that offer margin and, and they offer this oh but they won't they won't take everything. They'll force liquidation, but they will not. I mean, they'll sell whatever at whatever price to cover whatever you owe. Yeah. But like if I, if you, if you borrowed at 120 leverage, mm-hmm. you know, 150 leverage and it goes down by five points that it's, it's not that like they took it. It's just gone. It has disappeared. Yeah. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, the brokerage, you can only leverage uh, like about a 50% rate. People are te- people get 10x leverage regularly in the crypto uh, space. Sounds like a hedge fund. It sounds. It, it, I mean, it's it sounds too risky for my tastes, but yeah, that's me too. <laughs> <laughs> the I, there's a great advantage in that those leveraged buys are you can make money tax free, um, which is cool. And I guess if you only put a hundred bucks in the account, I mean, win a thousand or lose a hundred. Okay. I'm guessing they're not coming after you for the rest of it. If you want to like recoup your loss or or not recoup your loss, if you want to take profits, um, then that's, that's Mm -hmm. a taxable event. Even if you just want to convert to a stable coin, uh, it's a taxable event. Okay. So even conversion from one thing to another then. Yeah. And then the interest is taxed as income. Mm -hmm. Just the interest. Okay. Yeah, if you're doing interest stuff, um, that's taxed as income. Now, if you hold Bitcoin for over a year or another crypto for over a year, does it uh, fall under capital gains tax rates like like uh, securities do? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought the way... Yeah, exactly. So you've got your short and your long capital gains tax taxation. Yeah. So okay. that is 
this the same. Uh, but I think the rates okay. are different because it's property. It's it's as property. Yeah, that's so weird. It's it's electronic. <laughs> it's not real. <laughs> yeah, I mean that gets this. I, I hate to be you. You bring a crypto guy on, and he's and he tells you that that your actual money isn't real either, right? I hate to, but oh no, yeah, I don't. But, yeah, no, I don't mean real like that. I mean like it's not it's not tangible. You can't mm-hmm. hold it. Like the it's it's like a file those on gold computer. coins. Well, I, yeah. I I'm yeah, actually right. glad you asked that question <laughs> since since your new promotion to Scrooge McDuck. Yeah. Oh yes, yes, that's right. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> it's like, but uh, I really want to talk about is gold coins. <laughs> Just compelled to speak on them. Just so you know, I am not a gold fan. I, I do not invest in gold or precious metals, really. We have a friend who likes gold, uh, Wilson. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wilson yeah. Sage was, uh, or his dad was really big into it when we were kids, wasn't he? Uh, I think so, yeah. I know Didn't my uncle like- was nuts about gold. Yeah. It's all through the 90s. He was putting every dollar he got, actual physical gold coins. Have you looked yeah. at the price since the 90s? Oh, yeah. No, my uncle's doing great. Yeah, <laughs> he's just fine. Last time I talked to him, he was lamenting that he didn't have enough ha- to bu- money to buy a summer house in Amsterdam. So he's doing okay. <laughs> that's a that's a bullish sign. I don't think gold's gone up that much, though, has it? I mean, it still behaves deflationary, right? Like I'm saying if you would have bought the SPY, I think you'd have done a lot better. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he would have, but he's all, he did it like as a doomsday prepper, like, society will fall and I'll have all the gold. Yeah, if society falls, I want bullets, not gold. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can get crypto bullets. That's a lie. I am kidding. <laughs> I was just about to be sold. <laughs> no, uh, you make some great points with the, the, the interest-bearing nature of it. I think uh, it's definitely something worth checking out. And I think it's the best use case I've heard or the best justification for for some of the values some of these things hold yeah um and then there's also um you can have your cake and eat it too because BlockFi, for example and by the way i only have 55 cents in my BlockFi account so i'm not shilling for mm-hmm. BlockFi. <laughs> although i am waiting for them to move me up on the waiting list for their BlockFi rewards credit card where you get cash back in the form of bitcoin so you can move me up on the waiting list if you like uh, i thought you were gonna start pumping uh, pancake swap because Oh, have your cake and eat it too. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> that is a decentralized exchange. It's a decentralized joke. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of, there's a lot of funny things out. There. Anyway, yeah, BlockFi will pay you 5% interest for your um for your Bitcoin. So you can you can have this like you can dollar cost average bitcoin as mm-hmm. a, w- if you believe it to be a, a rising I was I keep wanting to say security but asset. Yeah. And there's good reason to believe that it that it will be because it has a fixed amount, um, because it's being inst- institutionally adopted, and because it's I mean it's a good digital store of value. It, it offers you peer to peer. I'm giving you by by the way more use cases. Um, <laughs> well, you've you've left out one of the most impressive things about it too, and that's just the longevity. I mean, when was it? When did it first pop up? Um, it was created in '08. Uh, the network yeah. came up in '09. So it's been around for 12 years and it's not a fad at this point anymore. You can't, yeah. it's not a beanie yeah. baby. I used to think like, I think I likened NFTs to digital beanie babies, but mm-hmm. uh, cryptocurrency definitely does not fall into that anymore. You can't make that claim. I don't think. I, yeah. I think it's an asset class. And I think we yeah. see that when we see like JP Morgan adding it as an asset class that, that their investors right. can choose to buy now. Oh, uh, they're making a new 401k too. I think we just found. Mm-hmm. Oh, for Bitcoin? Uh, for crypto. I think it's just a crypto 401k where you can just throw money in there and then invest in cryptos instead of stocks or mutual funds or, or any of the other different things. Hmm. That was a conversation I had where you weren't there on the last episode. Oh, okay. Makes sense. Makes yes. Sense. I'm mm-hmm. remembering now. Yeah. I'm remembering. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, I, for me, I think the, the permissionless transactions uh, that are automatically confirmed via an incentive system that prevents it from being hacked is really cool. Yeah. Now, I don't, I think Bitcoin is obviously a lot more volatile than a US dollar, but I think it's more secure. And I just think it's really special that everything is is on the blockchain for everyone to see. Mm. It's this out, it's safe because it's out in the open, because everything is out in the open, which is why all the FUD articles about like, oh, there were, (laughs) there's money laundering with Bitcoin. Well, that's terrible money laundering. You want a record of every transaction? (laughs) It's awful money laundering. (laughs) 
Oh, that's a good You're not point. doing your yeah. job right at all. It's, what's uh, the opposite of laundering? It's just getting money dirty. <laughs> money dirtying. <laughs> you right, Dan? Yeah. Drank some water. Went down the wrong pipe. I'm sorry. Ew. I have a I have a very weak <laughs> epiglottal muscle. Epiglottal muscle. Oh, okay. You met your throat. Yes. I think that's the right hole. Well, not when your epiglottal muscle pushes it over into your lungs instead of your stomach or esophagus. <laughs> uh, I was never mind. <laughs> Digression. As a teacher, I will pretend that you did not make that joke that you made, Kyle. Uh, thank you. I I'm just glad somebody <laughs> understood it. I, just didn't. I am like a child confused wandering into the movie theater halfway through. I think a lot of people feel like that with cryptocurrencies, though. Yeah. It's kind of happened, ex- exploded, and then nobody knows what the hell it is. Still, or half the people don't. I Yeah, I do think that a lot of, of holders of cryptocurrencies, of Bitcoin, don't understand what what it is that they're holding. I also think there are a lot of people who will hold or die mm-hmm. and not take profits when yep. obviously things are, you know, heading down and they just like refuse to take profits because they, you know, believe in it or whatever. If you're treating it as a, like a 20 year hold, then you don't try to time it. I mean, that's conventional wisdom is you just keep adding whenever you can. Yeah. You never, 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 never sell. And DCA works with uh, with mm-hmm. the big cryptos for sure. Any any way of passively doing it, if you wanted to set up your yes. co- Coinbase account to just take two hundred bucks a month or whatever, that tends to be. It's not the most effective way, but it's it's a a really good way to close your it eyes and make money. Sounds like the best way is to put it in one of those. Uh, 10% yields and <laughs> just let it sit there for 20 years. I uh, have found that to be ultimately where I landed. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to be 20 years that they're offering that rate. So I'm kind of doing the shuffle back and forth of whoever's got the highest rate that also has right. insurance. Well, didn't you say there's already a protocol that uh, will do that for you? Yeah. Yield farms. I haven't, yeah. the, I haven't gotten into them there. Um, I don't understand everything. You're in finances right now, the biggest yield farm. I don't understand mm-hmm. everything that's going on there, how their governance tokens work, mm-hmm. how they move the money around. So I haven't experimented there yet. I have experimented on the Compound Protocol and a couple of other ones, Maker, Ave, Flexa, because the Coinbase just gave some AMP. So I tried Flexa out. Yep, I got some AMP too. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you could stake it and make, you know, like one and a half percent or so right? on that $3. <laughs> <laughs> well, Alex, actually, it's I'm happy to see that you know all these different terms because that plays right into the game I was going to suggest for, for you that I cooked up. Yes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> so Dan, do you have your Discord open? I'm opening it right now. Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Dan the name of a crypto and he's going to try to make you guess which crypto it is without being able to say the name of it. Oh. Kind of like uh, like $100,000 pyramid or $25,000 pyramid if you're older. Oh, that's fun. If I'm an amateur expert or just an amateur. No, I won't prove anything of the sort. It just depends on how good <laughs> is it describing. We're just doing it. Okay. I love it, though. Um, and I have not had access to these, nor do I yes. pay attention to crypto. So I know Bitcoin and Ether and Chia. That's about it. I think you mentioned Compound today. So. Yeah, that's like saying okay. I know the Euro and the U.S. dollar and the Kiwi dollar. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, Dan, you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. All right, there's your first one. Um. Okay. Uh. uh I want to see. Oh, I can't say that. Like. Uh. Oh shit. My. Why? Why did you make me the sayer? Okay. Okay. So it's like a type of music and then a shape. Oh. <laughs> That's a terrible description. Hold on. I, uh, <laughs> it's a type of music and a shape. If I was playing an accordion, I would probably be playing this type of music. Zydeco. <laughs> Oh my god! Wow. Okay, uh, accordion. Weird Al does a lot of. I I got it, Kyle. <laughs> okay, okay. Weird Al plays a lot of these medleys. Okay, okay. Polka dot. Yes. Yeah, nice. Right. A, a dot is not my first thought of a shape, but yeah. Me, me neither. But how else would I describe a dot? And then a really tiny circle. Well, I mean, you could have started singing the the teeny weeny yellow blank bikini. Is what I would have done. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right, Dan. Here's the next one. Um, this this is a type of fence. 
chain link. Nice. All right. Yes. How about... All right, that was a lot qu- quicker. We're running yeah. out of time, Kyle. Um, <laughs> if I was saying the Greek alphabet, I would eventually get to this letter, this Greek letter. Oh. I don't know the Greek Omega? alphabet. That would no. be the last I- one. This Iota? one comes before it. Is it Iota? Nope. No. Is that a type of crypto? <laughs> uh, ox. <laughs> Volatility, Dan. Volatility. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the, the options term that uh, describes the time decay. Oh, it's not gamma, is it? No, no. no. I could tell you all the options ones but this one, can I? Oh, wow. Why am I? <laughs> Delta, yes, yes, Delta, Omega, Gamma, Rho, and... I don't know why I'm not getting this one. Alpha, Beta. What is, <laughs> what is, after, what is after Beta, the Greek alphabet? I don't know. It doesn't uh, make sense. Charlie? Uh, <laughs> I, was, I was doing the sorority chant. Um, okay, so that one was theta. Two for three so uh, far. I don't, I don't two even more. know that coin. Oh, um, okay. So if I had an office and a secretary, I would say, if I was Scrooge McDuck and I wanted to tell my secretary to put the gold in the money bin, I might say, I mean, well, technically to she would file be- coin. Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> wow. That was a good one. All right. Last one. This one should <laughs> that was be a easy. Terrible clip. Oh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Remember one time in that movie, The Matrix, <laughs> that crypto coin had the leading role and its character's name was Neo? Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, thank you for the low-hanging fruit on that one. Though. Right. Well, I really wanted to work that one in there. Oh, yeah, Iota is on here. <laughs> I didn't quite get that far. Oh, that was fun. Great game. I feel like uh, I want to keep going. but <sighs> That's, that's going to wrap up our uh, lovely, fantastic interview with Professor Greenguard. I hope you all had a good time. I really, I feel like, like I'm moderately more informed. I w- don't think I could go out and describe to my neighbor and have my neighbor understand yet, but I feel like my understanding has definitely grown and I might start playing around with some of these myself because there's a lot of fun stuff. I feel like if we have enough of these conversations, Conversations by brute force, we should learn <laughs> enough to be competent. <laughs> I, I think the real problem is, is I don't have an itching, burning desire to play with crypto, so my brain resists learning about it. I still want to understand it, um, but yeah, options are a lot more fun right now. Uh, well, I like the, I like, I love. I'll just, I'll say this. I love the, the idea of like I could program my own banking protocol and just let it run. So I am, yeah. hands down, looking into this to do that myself because I love. I remember in computer science when we had to program the bots to fight each other. I fucking loved that. Can you program it to drop the fractional decimal points and then put that into your own account? <laughs> Superman three. <laughs> Wait, I thought, oh, I thought I it was office, office space. space. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, me too. Oh, shit. Well, I just dated myself. Fuck. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, all right. Nerd. Yeah, right, right. Oh. All right, folks. So we are going to wrap up and close the shop for the day. Sorry to kick you out. I uh, know it's been a great time, but uh, don't don't worry. We'll have shop hours open again soon. Coming back at you with a with a weekly episode, and then uh, next week, I believe we got Sarah Glass going to talk about order order flow, which mm-hmm. probably applies to cryptocurrencies as well. I've noticed everything you, I learn about securities you can transfer over to a crypto chart. So I feel like we should test her flow ability too. Yes, maybe some rap. Yes, yes. Rap music lyrics and see if we, she can complete them we need a rap battle for her <laughs> let's find let's find a local rapper and and have them battle sarah uh anyway <laughs> thank you again for joining us alex it w- has been a sincere pleasure so glad you could make it by ah oh, you're so welcome very silly episode <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad for that yeah i do too it was fun <laughs> okay all right folks until next time happy trades bye folks Two Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.